0: And we are live, guys.
1: Hey, everyone. Good afternoon. We're back with another podcast. It's Maria here and Michael. Hey, how you doing? Back with PT Soaps. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. Uh, Continue to grow in listens and also participation. So greatly appreciate Mm -hmm. that. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about alternatives to a warm-up. You know, most classically here in outpatient therapy, we're uh, working with patients where they come in, maybe we are wanting to warm their tissues up or they've come from doing activities that would include taking long walks, going to the gym, um, or participating in some activity at home.
0: Maria, quick question. When people come into this clinic or many clinics around the world, do they hop onto this recumbent-like machine? Is that common? Because that's common here, right?
1: I think exactly. It's most common machine. You're sitting on something where it's a recumbent position, mm-hmm. and you're alternating both your upper and lower extremities, right? Yep. Um, classically, I think everyone could probably name that piece of equipment, but we're going to steer clear of that and just talk about what are some alternatives
0: to We're do not that. talking name brands here. We're just talking about how we move the legs and the arms. Yeah. independently maybe together but uh is that the best option exactly yeah
1: yeah i get no feedback on this or no kickback right oh now.
0: no neither <laughs> neither of us do <laughs>
1: but i think there's other um ideas to take advantage of maybe it's not just upper and lower extremity alternating exercises it can also be something seated for your upper body or it could be a recumbent bike you know that would be pretty standard mm-hmm. but I think looking at the perspective of what's the objective to doing this activity. So the purpose of a warm up is to stretch or encourage blood flow before you do any other type of yeah. activity.
0: It's to freaking warm up the body to prepare for that exercise session mm-hmm. or training session, right? To ma- maximize output for the treatment session. That's what we're looking at mm-hmm. for the most part, right?
1: And also provide education to the body on how it should perform. I mean, I think in the past, we've both existed where we just get right out of our car, we walk onto a soccer field, we put our shoes on, and we just start participating in the sport. Mm -hmm. Well, I think identifying maybe there should be some forms of warm-up, there should be some forms of stretch, something pre or post. Mm -hmm. I hear it. You see it in my face?
0: (laughs) (laughs) We have sometimes disagreements, ladies and gentlemen, um, when it comes to stretching, uh, but that's a whole other topic. I think we'll talk about that at a different time as it pertains to warming up. And I think that's the key, but we want to minimize injury. I think ultimately warm up the body. Carry on, I'm sorry.
1: That's okay. I I mean, I just want to plug my side before we get into maybe further topics. Okay. You know, that include that static stretching, low load, long duration stretch, dynamic stretching Mm -hmm. that you can do, or something that involves proprioception. Using a foam roller, use an instrument assisted soft tissue. I
0: can get behind that.
1: All right. At least those last points. One of three that we (laughs) (laughs) agree to disagree about. But I also just want to put out there you know, classically, I try and really identify with the patient from the interview what do you have access to? Mm -hmm. So, Michael, if you were my patient, I would say, what are your resources?
0: My shoes so that makes me think i could walk Mm -hmm. because i don't have a gym Mm -hmm. that's a lie i do but most people are going to tell you i don't go to a gym i don't go to a community center Mm -hmm. i don't have my neighborhood
1: or what's going to be your investment into this right Um, hey i want to go back to the gym or i want to walk around the park or i enjoy walking my dog okay well we need to give you tools to facilitate that as a goal but also something that you enjoy doing your dog needs to walk so Mm -hmm. let's Um, participate in that so I just want to point out that it's not always necessarily start necessary to start on a piece of equipment where you could just do the walking
0: yeah it's completely underrated I think uh, we need to actually walk more because that's what we do we do it all the time it's functional it's incredibly beneficial for the back we know that to be one of the uh, cornerstones to treating back pain if you have back pain Um, what is the opposite of sitting it's walking. walking It's walking. Mm -hmm. Um, So sometimes I kind of wonder is a recumbent based machine the best option when warming up? It may not be. And that's what really this whole point is this talk, right?
1: Well, what are some um, additional things that you can use for walking? Because maybe it would feel daunting to have the patient just walk in the clinic. Could you have them walk on a treadmill? Yes.
0: Or walk to your freaking mailbox. Or excuse me, walk to your mailbox.
1: (laughs) Take it down.
0: walk to the front door, baby steps, Mm -hmm. just move.
1: Or just have a measurable distance. Yes. So I think one good assessment tool is the six minute walk test Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. then you can identify the distance that they're walking. You can identify the pace. You can also really get a good handle on what their gait presentation looks like. Mm -hmm. And then you can use those comparative norms to see how they perform to their age and gender. Um, there's definitely some long-term relationship to total knee replacements or total joint replacements and their tolerance to return to walking more community-based activities.
0: Uh, you know what, I remember the other day, you shared that with me, you presented an article. Let me go get the article. This is all you, hold it down. I'm gonna get it, because we need to cite this um. so people can actually know what we're talking about. Or we can pause and come back. Nope. But hang tight.
1: It's all good. Carry I'll, on. I'll take over. This is Maria after dark. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it going. I just want to point out that a six minute walk test, it was brought up to me in a geriatric course that I did uh, take, but also um, the impact of talking to some of the orthopedic surgeons here within our community and the value of that test to return back to work. So uh, one of the reasons why I picked it up was I had a nurse that had limited availability on her time off and we wanted to justify um, the possibility of returning back to work and where she was in comparison to where she should be. I also thought it was a good presentation for the orthopedic just to see where her norms are and if she's reaching the recommendation at this time. So the article that I found um, is titled, The Six Minute Walk Test is an Excellent Predictor at Functional Ambulation After Total Knee Arthroplasties. Um, I actually found this on the APTA's website. I thought it was a good overall uh, article that just touched on the reliability of not just utilizing um, you know, things like the tug, but to look outside of the box and progressing to community ambulation, but also long-term ambulation. And the proof was there that uh, it helps the person see outside of just staying within the home and to use more of like a long-term uh, walking program.
0: Guys, I'm back. Looking at this article here, it's Biomed Central. If you want to find this, Marie already mentioned the title, but if you have whatever issue finding this particular research article, you can go to co, ko K-O-et-all, dot B-C, excuse me, B-M-C, musculoskeletal disorders, and it's 2013. Type in the article. You'll probably find it instantaneously. But if uh, you have any issues, refer back to this podcast. Look it up. And uh, I think you'll find it incredibly beneficial. And this could be a wonderful alternative to a machine-based warm-up, because it could be a warm-up and/or a cool-down, or even a treatment/slash assessment.
1: Exactly. And most of the time, I save this type of um, treatment or assessment for my follow-up visit, just so the patient I can take my time. The patient can see their norms. Uh, and also, we can work on gait training now with the six-minute walk test. Just as a side note to my total joints, I usually perform this assessment ten weeks post-op. So just separate to that, and we can talk about that more at another mm-hmm. time. But I think the big takeaways here, are is that are that we can do different types of ambulation or warm up to facilitate a true warm up for the tissue and for a workout.
0: Maria, when we started. Uh brainstorming about this particular uh, topic, excuse me, Um, it was controversial in the fact that we had noticed that this is something that's done in all clinics around the country, and it's typically the first thing that you see where someone just jumps on one of these recumbent-like machines, and it calls into question whether or not is this the best option for someone? Uh, Is it skilled, is it to the patient's benefit, and is it specific to what they need? Um, I kind of wonder if it checks all those boxes, if it's skilled because a tech could do it. Is it beneficial? I don't know. It depends on the diagnosis, I think, right, and what they're living with. Is it specific to their needs? Probably not. Maybe so. Depends if they're a cyclist, right? But it's controversial in the fact that, and I hope I'm not touching any hot buttons here, but uh, I'm guilty. I've been in this camp before. I'll throw someone on that machine to buy myself time in order to document And I think that's why we really wanted to bring this topic up. Are there alternatives that would best serve that patient and not necessarily ourselves so we can catch up and document? That's why it's controversial, and I think it's worth bringing up. What do you think?
1: I also think, too, like, true, first of all, you are right. I think we're all victim to maybe
0: someone on
1: that piece of equipment. Thank you. But uh, also, too, uh, patient education to say if, if you as a patient listening Mm -hmm. to this went into a clinic and they put you on a piece of equipment you may ask the reason well why Uh, it never hurts to ask that question please do you know for me it's going to be feedback to probably say well if you haven't done really much today let's get you warmed up a little bit Mm -hmm. um don't think that i'm not you know asking you some questions to catch up and get a subjective from you that way i just identify how you tolerated the last session if you're having any pain those important questions to start therapy appropriately mm-hmm. however um, I also think that like for me personally I do utilize this piece of equipment maybe more towards the end or after I've done some type of activity mm-hmm. so another thing is maybe back to my total joints if I'm working on their knee joint or I've done some maybe manual work then putting them on a piece of equipment is not necessarily, to me, a bad thing because it teaches neuromuscular Mm re-education. It can also provide some active assistive um, motion to achieve the range of motion that I've just worked on, um, just re-educating the connective tissue.
0: I love what you said. I I completely agree. Um, I think we just need to think, stop and think about why am I doing this? What is the intention? And is this serving our patient well? Is it skilled? Because we've got to be careful. We don't want to use this as a way or a means to catch up on documentation. That's all I really wanted to say. Um, and that's, uh, like I said, a hot button for some people. But I think we need to be conscientious of that and utilize the time that we have with our patients wisely. Mm-hmm. I think it's super important.
1: And it is, it's also, um, uh location of the discipline that you're participating in. Mm -hmm. So most commonly we may see these types of pieces of equipment used in cardiac rehab because it's best, um, where it's a low level and progression. It's safe. It's safe. Relatively safe. uh Um, and it does emphasize cardiac care and cardiac rehab. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying that that's not the end all be all, but there's alternatives. And it also just depends on the place. But two, as a patient, always ask that why.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and please, guys, don't misunderstand me. Maria, don't misunderstand me by any means. This has its place and its utility. <laughs> it can be incredibly beneficial and it should be used when appropriate.
1: Mm -hmm. And I also just want to point out another alternative Mm. would be uh, an example of the 30 seconds Sit to Stand. Mm -hmm. That can be quick, that can be effective, it kicks up your heart rate, it assesses your fall risk, Um, it's a product that's put out by the CDC so it's got functional norms too that you can compare it to. And most of the time, I think I've said this before, that that's usually built into my assessment but it also becomes the treatment or the exercise program that I want them to work on for home. So it highlights both the um, activity and then the function to it Mm -hmm. as to the why. Uh, It kicks up your heart rate. So it's a good exercise to start doing maybe before you go on your walk or before you participate in exercises, resistive exercises at home.
0: I love that exercise slash assessment because it looks at power, strength, endurance, and it's a total body workout. It's multi-joint, it's a compound movement, and it's incredibly functional. I think one thing, though, we need to consider, though, that's important is consider that if that person has multiple comorbidities or cardiac issues. We don't want to uh, jumpstart someone right then and there, so we got to be careful. Maybe monitor vitals pre, during, and post with some of these warm up options or choices. I think that's important to mention as well.
1: Well, and that also just plugs our previous podcast, mm, right? Mm-hmm, that it does. We would be doing those types of activities, and uh, the patient would see that. Um, scale and they would assess that themselves too before participating in the 32nd. Mm-hmm. Some other um, ways to assess are RPE, mm-hmm. so the rate of perceived exertion.
0: There's a couple scales, right? There's the old school, if you could upon that and then the new school i like the uh the new school which is the 0 to 10 scale mm-hmm. but can you refresh our memories what that is
1: i think primarily uh so the original scale uh the way i learned it was 6 to 20 and very broad
0: yeah um, a little confusing too
1: it is confusing but when you think about it i think it's kind of like nerdy makes sense because if i were to say well you know that activity that i just did my sit to stand i've would say that was a nine on a scale of uh, six to 20. Well, if we were to potentially put a zero on the back end of that nine, we could correlate that to our potential heart rate. So 90 would maybe be what I'm feeling as far as exertion. On the updated version. It's actually a one to 10 oh, scale. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. And I, I like it. I keep pictures of it at my desk for patients that can identify their exertion. And it also is matched up to a color coding system. Mm-hmm. So ideally, you know, I get an assessment of what they're feeling with the sit to stand and then how I would want them to perform this activity under what RPE. So when you're working out, ideally, I would say, well, you should stay at a six to seven mm-hmm. on that RPE one to 10 scale. Um, or if they're doing activities around the house, they can measure that level of exertion so they're not overdoing it. Right. Because there are, you know, and this is for blood pressure, for, sorry, for cardiac medication, there's a depression to mm-hmm. your your symptoms and you have to go based off of your exertion.
0: Maria, there's something that I noticed. Um, I didn't know you spoke with your hands as much as you do. (laughs) That's something I just realized today. Um, Guys, she's uh, very colorful with her hand movements. Uh, very animated. I think that's uh, worth saying for those of you who are listening. Uh,
1: I guess my description <laughs> of a number scale has to be crescendoed in uh, a language, so. <laughs> uh,
0: I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but I think it was worth saying.
1: It's all good, but I think it would helpfully <laughs> paint it. a picture for the patient, yes. too, to see that there are steps that you have to follow uh, in order to um, demonstrate an activity or mm-hmm. an exercise. So maybe that ties into you can't just hop on a machine and set it and forget it. No. you have to take the steps in order to, which we do um, with a thorough assessment.
0: That's skill like piece. Yeah, that's a skill piece. Yeah, that's
1: the skill piece is talking to a patient, mm-hmm. asking them about past medical history, assessing their vitals. So you can see, here's my hands coming up into like my type A system of assessment, <laughs> um, and then just making sure that we've got all of those steps covered before initiating a plan for that patient, right? well said. Um, but also I just wanted to point out that hmm. one of the reasons why I felt like this was a really good topic is we've had some new employees, we've done some orientation. I think as someone that would orient someone, if I most commonly see this as the beginning exercise for all of these patients, I think it's good to point out and granted, that person probably has good knowledge, mm-hmm. but to know that that's not the end-all be-all piece of equipment to start on every time. You know, they have tools too. It's not a requirement in every clinic that you work on nope. unless it is pointed out or written down in documentation, mm-hmm. but too, for our students as well that come in for clinicals, I wouldn't want them to develop habits as well to use those types of pieces of equipment to shortchange a patient's care
0: we only know what we know or we only know what we've been told right Mm -hmm. um i I hope with our talk today it's enlightening and maybe even refreshing to kind of go huh i can do something different and it doesn't have to be on a recumbent like machine Um, and i can utilize my skill Mm -hmm. i can look at potentially our uh, rpes like we spoke about we could talk about steps we could talk about other objective measures one of which could also be mets which stands which is an acronym that stands for metabolic excuse me, metabolic equivalent of task all those things can be utilized and there's something that should be explored and utilized and it's wonderful because you can document and see progress using those particular numbers if you don't have functional norms.
1: Yeah. Explore different alternatives to warm-up. Mm-hmm. I think that's basically the bottom line.
0: Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> and that's use good. your hands when you're describing all those yeah, different yeah. alternatives. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I think that's kind of wraps up our talk.
0: Today, whoa, 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 right? whoa, Time out. Time out. There's a couple plugs that we wanted to do. Uh, we right. need to mention some people out in Missouri, and we need to talk about our um, email account. That's so right. we need to talk about those real quick.
1: Well, thank you for bringing <laughs> that up. So we have a new form of communication with hopefully our listeners out there. That is an email. It is p-t-soaps, S-O-A-P-S, therapy at gmail.com. Uh, I hope to hear from everyone on ideas or any feedback that they'd like to give us in regards to the podcast. Um, any adif- additional information? No, we
0: to- look forward to hearing from you guys. Please send out any... Uh any topic ideas, suggestions on how we can make this better as a listening experience for you guys. Uh, our mission is really just to educate, put our voices out there and help not just the layperson, but the students and other colleagues that are in the rehab world. PT, OT, speech, you name it.
1: Mm-hmm. Other plugs that we just wanted to put out there today. Um, hopefully more of our UNM students here in Albuquerque mm-hmm. are listening to us. Really excited for this. Go
0: start- Bo's.
1: really excited for all of the incoming students um to experience uh pte and develop those foundations and be future therapists also i spent uh last week part of my last week in st louis show me state where uh introduced our podcast to students in maryville university so big shout out to them and new listeners if they're out there thank you jill for your support Um, and hope to get more listeners and feedback. Well, what's our topic for next week? Because that is one of the things that we wanted to introduce now is what is upcoming.
0: We talked about it, and we think we're going to be moving towards, drumroll, not quite sure what it is. It might be sacroiliac joint, or it might be, what was that other topic we were talking about? (laughs) I don't remember either. Just stay (laughs) tuned. It'll come. It'll come. It may not be SI. It'll be something. But just stay tuned. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Later. Have a good night, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye bye.